and welcome to the Oakland A's UK podcast. I'm your host, Matt Smith, and this is episode four, coming to you on Monday, the 2nd of March. March already, can you believe it? You know, February, it's a sly old month, isn't it? Even with a leap year, it kind of comes and goes pretty quick. So we're already in March. But as a baseball fan, that's no bad thing, because March is the month in which the MLB regular season begins. We're counting down the days to the 26th of March, and the A's getting things underway against the Minnesota Twins. In the podcast today, we'll be looking at the first week of spring training action for the A's. We'll be looking at some of the A's prospects coming through the minor league system, and we'll have our regular feature, Bring Your A's Game. There's not been a lot of news from spring training camp so far, and to be honest, that's normally good news, because news in spring training normally means injuries. The one piece of news that has come out over the past weekend is an injury to our right fielder, Stephen Piscotti. He's had a rib injury, a side injury, and it's a bit worse than the team originally thought, unfortunately, so he's going to be shut down for the moment and looks doubtful that he will be ready for opening day. It's a blow for the A's, particularly because he missed time in the second half of last season too. So you're hoping he'd get a good spring training under his belt to really hit the ground running. And of course, he's not going to have that now. However, with a side injury like that, it is always best to be conservative because it's the sort of thing where if you try and play through it or try to come back too early, it's going to linger all season long and compromise your ability to swing the bat and to throw the ball. So it makes sense for the team to be conservative and to make sure Stephen Piscotti is right before he comes back. But it will be a bit of time for him to let the injury heal up and then get his legs under him in terms of doing an extended spring training before he's ready for big league action. No timetable on that yet. I suspect it would be something like mid to late April, but we'll have to wait and see what the scan says and how quickly he can come back from it. As for spring training, the A started off with a run of losses, but we all know that wins and losses don't matter at this time of the year. It's all about getting your work in. And the A's had a great opportunity to do that this past weekend when the A's and Cleveland Indians played two games in the Las Vegas Aviators ballpark. Now, the Aviators are the A's AAA affiliate team, and the new ballpark in Vegas opened last year. It looks like a fantastic facility. Both games were on MLB TV, so we were able to watch those, and yeah, it looks great. And I know all of the reviews, both last year from the minor leaguers and over the past couple of days from the major leaguers who played there, have been really positive. So, the A's have got a great AAA facility there. Of course, Vegas is a great landing spot for anyone who wants to go on vacation to the States. So if you're interested in picking up a ball game, you've got a great AAA team for the A's there to watch too. One of the things I love about early spring training is the opportunity it gives us to learn a bit more about some of the young players coming through the A's farm system. It's the time of year, early spring, when the Major League regulars tend to only play a few innings and then they'll hand the game over to some younger players and some non-roster invitees, all hoping to impress the Major League coaching staff. It's also the time of year when various places publish their prospect rankings. I've just received my copy of the Baseball America Prospect Handbook this past weekend. Um, Keith Law, who for years has been writing about prospects at ESPN.com, He's recently moved to The Athletic and has just published some of his rankings, including the A's Top 20. 
Baseball Prospectus has published various rankings of prospects this past um, month or so. MLB Pipeline, which is the MLB.com prospect area, have been publishing their rankings recently too. There are also some people who follow Lie's farm system particularly closely. One of those is Melissa Lockhart, who has been covering the A's prospects for many a year and has been with the Athletic for the last couple of years. She did an end of 2019 A's prospect list, so we're going to look back at that. And there's also the wonderful A's Farm website and podcast, which you can find as part of A's Cast, the official A's um, audio stuff on TuneIn. And that's done by Bill Moriarty. So he runs A's Farm, a really good website, really good blog, lots of really good interviews. So well worth checking out if you haven't done so already. We're going to look at all of the rankings and see what people think about the A's. Now, the consensus top three from the A's system really define the system overall. You've got the two left-handed pitchers in Jesus Lozado, AJ Puck, and then the catcher, Sean Murphy. They all made their big league debuts last season, and they figured to be key players for the A's not only in 2020, but for many years beyond. Most prospect lists have Luzardo down as the A's top prospect. Indeed, MLB Pipeline has him as their 12th overall prospect in baseball. Baseball Prospectus have him at 9th. And Fangraphs, who haven't published their A's list as yet, have him down as their 6th overall prospect. So most people put Luzardo at the top of the list for the A's. The one person he doesn't is Keith Law. He has Luzardo at second behind AJ Puck. But his reasoning for that is sound and it's a fair comment. He notes that Luzardo has never demonstrated an ability to stay healthy. Even going back to his baseball career in high school, he's always picked up various injuries. So for Keith Law, he's thinking he doesn't doubt the talent, but just wants to see a bit more ability to stay healthy and if he can do that we've got a potential top line Cy Young candidate starting pitcher. Most people then have Nick Allen as the next selection and he was another player in the system who dealt with an injury last year but he showed real progress at the plate in high A Stockton. Uh, His defense is his calling card he has the skills to be a legit shortstop by all accounts Um, A real potential gold glover, indeed, is one of those type of fielding shortstops who, whatever he does with the bat, is a bonus because he's so good at short. He's got no real power to call on, so you're not going to get many home runs, but he did show some progress last year in Stockton, and hopefully he can be good enough with the bat, and there's every reason to think he will be, that doing that alongside some excellent defense, he could be a really good player for the A's. Maybe in a couple of years' time, perhaps next year, trying to fill in for Marcus Semien. If Semien leaves, might be a bit too early for him, but he's certainly somebody who could be playing for the A's within the next couple of years. A slightly more divisive talent is a teammate of Allen's from Stockton last year. He was the A's first round draft pick in 2017, Austin Beck. Now, Baseball America ranks Austin Beck as the A's fifth best prospect, as does Baseball Prospectus. But that's higher than what several others rank him. So Keith, Keith Law ranks him at 16th on the A's list, Melissa Lockhart at 13th. He's clearly an excellent athlete with a lot of speed, a strong arm, and he has the potential to be a good centre fielder. But his hitting has failed to develop as much as hoped so far. 
Baseball America refers to him as somebody who frequently overswings and he gets himself out and makes weak contact. They do note, however, that he'll still be 21 this year, so he does have time to settle onto a, an approach at the plate that hopefully allows him to tap into his raw power. But most people agree that 2020 is a big year for him in terms of his development. Um, as Bill from A's Farm notes, the A's will have a decision to make on him as to whether they send him back to high A Stockton to have a bit of a repeat there to hopefully build up some confidence or whether they do promote him directly up to the AA Midland Rockhands team. I would like him to do well as our first round pick in 2017 because, of course, our 2018 first round pick is not playing for us. Kyler Murray, who is playing in the NFL instead. Attention then turns to our first round pick from 2019, and that is Logan Davidson. He was signed out of Clemson as the 29th overall selection, and we signed him to a $2.4 million bonus. He's an athletic shortstop by all accounts and the general consensus seems to be he has a decent chance to stay at that premium fielding position. As always with prospects, it's how his batting develops over the next couple of years. He's a switch hitter and he does have promise, but we need to see him develop as he faces better pitching. Ace Farm again ponders whether he will go to the um, snappers at low A this year or whether he'll go to high eight with the Stockton Ports. And Bill does note that generally the A's have decided to send college hitters to the latter. They've tended to promote them straight to high A rather than go to low A. So that's a decision we'll see coming out of A's camp within the next probably three weeks or so. One player who is a bit of an outlier on Melissa Lockhart's list is Luis Barrera. And we've seen him in a few games so far in spring. Um, Melissa ranks him as the 8th best A's prospect, but only MLB Pipeline also put him in their top 10. Melissa does know right from the start in her end of 2019 rankings that Barrera is the kind of prospect who probably gets more respect from people who see him play every day than those who look mostly at the pure numbers. He had a shoulder injury, so he kind of missed half of the season, unfortunately, but he does seem to be a player who has a strong arm and good base running skills. It's just, again, same old thing. Can he hit? He doesn't have big, big time power. It's whether he's going to have enough power to really play as an outfielder or if he is going to be more of a fourth outfielder type of player. And that certainly seems to be the division among prospect hounds in terms of how well his bat will develop and therefore how valuable he will really be. Another couple of wild cards we have to look at are people that the A's have signed on the international market. One of them is a guy called Robert Poussin. He signed last June for a $5.1 million bonus out of the Dominican Republic. He's a young shortstop and he's only 17 years old, so a difficult guy to project, but it kind of shows up the different views on how people rank prospects in terms of where people have him. Some people have him quite high at sort of six or seven, some a bit lower down, just wanting to see more of him actually playing professional baseball before they're prepared to rank him too highly. Hopefully he won't go the way of another big time international sign in the A's have made in recent years, and that is Lazaro Armenteros. 
I think I pronounced that right. Liao signed in for $3 million out of Cuba in 2016, and he was often talked about as the Cuban Bryce Harper. A lot of teams were after him. Unfortunately, his talent hasn't really transformed itself into performance in professional baseball so far. He did get to play a full season with Stockton Ports last year in high A, but the main thing he did last year was set a league record with 227 strikeouts. So work to do there if he is actually going to develop and become a big league player. Overall, the A's rarely have a farm system that ranks particularly highly, and they're not a team that tends to get a lot of love from prospect towns, but the A's have done a good job in bringing players through, and that's really what the A's focus on. Keith Law issued his Major League-wide rankings today on Monday, the 2nd of March, and he put the A's in 26th out of 30, so pretty low down. Um, He did note that the top three are really good and people who are going to contribute at a major league level right away. So that's a big plus for the A's farm system. But the main thing Keith Law notes is that whilst the A's have done well to find value across the board, they've not done well with their big spending decisions. Looking at the way Austin Beck hasn't really come through as yet. Kyler Murray was a bust who didn't play for us at all. And Armenteros as yet... That $3 million or so has not turned out to be a great investment. But, as we all know, prospects is all about opinions. And we just need a few guys to come through, as we've seen with Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, and we're now going to see with Jesus Lozado, AJ Puck and Sean Murphy, and maybe a few of the other guys I've mentioned today. We may see them in an A's uniform within the next couple of years or so. Looking at the minor league setup for the A's, it called to mind last week's Bring Your A's Game feature. Last week's feature included looking at the A's first ever game as the Oakland A's, which came in April 1968. One of the pitchers on our roster, Lennon, who played in the game, was Ed Sprague, and his son, Ed Sprague Jr., played briefly for the A's back in 1998. What I didn't know last week, and what I now have found out, is that Ed Sprague Jr. is actually on the A's staff. He joined the team five years ago and has just been promoted to A's Director of Player Development. So there we go, a nice link to our Bring Your A's Game feature. Another former A's player who was on the development staff is Bobby Crosby. He'll be managing the single A's Stockton Ports this year. And that brings me to this week's Bring Your A's Game. Today's game is looking back at Bobby Crosby's best moment in an A's uniform. The date, September 30th, 2004. Bobby Crosby was a first-round amateur draft pick by the A's in 2001. He was called up to the big leagues in September 2003, what they like to call for a cup of coffee. He appeared in 11 games but went hitless in his 12 at-bats. He came into 2004 as the opening day shortstop and he went hitless in the first game against Texas but finally got his first big league knock in game two with a single off Chanho Park. He impressed with the bat and the glove throughout the season and had launched 21 home runs heading into September 30th. This was a crucial point in the season, with the A's and Anaheim Angels locked in a battle for the American League West Division. The A's had been in first place since the start of August, barring one day. 
but September had proved to be a bit of a struggle. They had lost five of six games heading into their season-ending homestand, which included four games against the Seattle Mariners and then finishing up with three against Los Angels. Game one of the Mariners series went the A's way 6-5, and that was thanks to a walk-off single by Bobby Crosby. But the Mariners then won the next two games, and it put the A's a game behind the Angels in the standings. Cue some heroics by Bobby Crosby. Mark Redman was the starter for the A's in this game, and he did a decent job, conceding two runs over five and two-thirds innings. But he was more than matched by Seattle starter Ryan Franklin. He gave up two runs over seven innings before turning a tied game over to the Mariners' bullpen. No runs crossed the plate in the eighth inning, and then the A's closer, Octavio Dotel, pitched the free up a free down top of the ninth to give the A's a chance to walk it off against the Mariners' Scott Aitchison. Jermaine Dye had the first crack at it, but all he could do was swing away at the first pitch, grounding out to the shortstop. So up stepped Bobby Crosby who fouled off the first pitch for a strike and then jumped on the 0-1 pitch, fizzing a line drive, home run to left centre to walk it off with a score 3-2. With the Angels losing to Texas, the walk-off win put the A's and Angels tied together at the top of the AL West division on 90-69 and win-loss records before the two teams faced each other in a three-game series in Oakland. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> Yes, if you remember, sadly the A's lost the first two games of that series and so fell short of a playoff place, despite winning the last game of the season. Len, that off-season, two of the big three, Tim Hudson and Mark Mulder, were traded away and whew, it was all a bit traumatic. But that off-season, we did at least get to enjoy Crosby being awarded the American League Rookie of the Year award. He was the first A's player to win the award since Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire did it in back-to-back years in 1986 and 1987. And coincidentally enough, Crosby's success was also part of back-to-back Rookie of the Year awards for A's, with Houston Street winning the award in 2005. As for Crosby, unfortunately injuries hit his progress over the following three seasons. He ended up playing 677 games for the A's between 2003 and 2009, before leaving in the 2009-10 off-season. He spent some time with both Arizona and Pittsburgh that year before hanging up his spikes at the end of the 2010 season. That's our A's game for the day. September 30th, 2004, Bobby Crosby walking it off with a home run. Let's finish up the podcast by having a look at what the A's have got coming up this week in Cactus League action. On Monday the 2nd, the A's are playing the Chicago Cubs and it's a rare night game in spring training. So it's early hours of the morning for us in the UK. But it is being broadcast on TV, on A's TV, NBC Sports California. So loads of you in Oakland will be able to watch it if you subscribe. And it will be on MLB TV if you're not covered by those blackouts. On Tuesday the 3rd, the A's will be playing the other Chicago team. Playing against the White Sox, it's at a normal spring training time of midday start for Oakland. And it's an 8.05pm start for us in the UK. 
Wednesday is a day off for the A's before they get back going again on Thursday the 5th when they take on the LA Dodgers. Again, it's a midday start in Oakland, 8.05pm start in the UK. And it's being covered by the Dodgers TV crew, so it will be available on MLB TV. Friday the 6th, the A's are in split squad action. They're playing both the Cincinnati Reds and the Cleveland Indians. Both games starting at midday, Oakland time, 8.05 UK time. Saturday the 7th, we're playing the Seattle Mariners. And this one's being broadcast by the Mariners TV crew on Roots Network. So we'll be able to watch that one on MLB TV. That game starts at midday, Oakland time, 10 past 8 UK time. And I'm planning to do a live stream on YouTube and Twitter about a half hour or so before the game starts. So something like 7.30pm in the UK, 11.30am in Oakland. I'll be doing a live stream, looking at the lineup and previewing the game. Finally, next Sunday, Sunday the 8th, the A's are in split squad action once again, playing the Milwaukee Brewers in one game and the San Diego Padres in another. Both games start at 8.05 UK time and midday Oakland time. That's all we've got time for on our A's UK podcast this week. A few things to keep an eye out for. I was able to represent the A's UK in a podcast done by the MLB UK community. That was published today as well. So representing the A's on the AL West panel. So have a look at that. The link will be in the description on our main site and we'll also be tweeting about it. We're always tweeting away during the spring training game, so follow along at Oakland AUK on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and have a look on our YouTube channel. I've just put a little video up, a little song for Sean Manaya, so check that one out. And as I mentioned earlier, we'll be doing some live streams as well with the next live stream coming on Saturday ahead of the Mariners game about half past seven in the evening UK time, half past 11 a.m. in Oakland. That's all we've got for now. I'm Matt Smith. Thanks a lot for listening. Yeah, we're the Oakland A's UK. The Oakland A's UK. We're the Oakland A's UK.